them are more than pals Our show can be a little gay But if you're not, that's okay You can listen and have fun either way Xena, Star Wars, Doctor Who Guests and music and reviews Game of Thrones, why Nona too? She promised there's something for you She nerds out We're girls that like girls That like dirty things Hello and welcome to the She Nerds Out podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Wendy. And I'm Tara. On today's episode, we have some nerd news. We're going to give our Emmy predictions and our very first ever fan fiction foreplay segment with special guest, Jen Tidwell. But first, nerd news. (laughs) Well, it's finally happened. Don't know why it took so long. Xena is getting her own Funko Pop. It's about time. And it is darn cute. That is fantastic. Have they done a good job? <laughs> well, you here's know, one thing I'll bring up. Yes, you please, bring it up. It was I, your I point. I believe, yes. Um, oh, look at where that. <laughs> the armor is beautiful. Yes. Um, where are, are her blue eyes? Come on. Do they do different color eyes? Yes, they do. have done bl- different uh, color. Well, that's weird. At least I know in my in my toothless dragon pop wow. punko. Of course, he is a black dragon, so you kind of had to go with different color eyes. But Xena was known for her blue eyes. She was. But yeah. I guess they don't do that with every character, that so seems, they just go with the standard black eyes. It's kind of an obvious... Because um, how cool would it be if she had blue eyes? I mean... It might look weird, though. I mean... I don't know. It, it I, looks weirder to me for her not to have blue eyes. It's not like I'm not getting I, it. I didn't think about it until you said it. And now it seems like a huge missed opportunity. Right. Yeah. She had very blue eyes. Mm-hmm. She did. Uh, but the, the detail, considering it's just this tiny little thing of plastic, the detail's pretty it is good. good. Yeah. Chakram. She's got a little nice rivets head on of the hair on her. Leather. Yeah, hair's great. <laughs> yes. I mean, look at those bangs, guys. <laughs> the bangs are perfectly quaffed. They're yes. just a little bit. Just I think a little they nailed askew. it. They did. Yeah. Uh, look at the sword detail. Yeah, look at the, the sword. Oh, yeah. Totally yeah. Her sword. They got the shape right. <laughs> yes. Boots the little boots look good. right. Let's see. Let's take a look at the back. They did their homework. We'll put these pictures. I like the hair. I think it's hair. already up on Facebook, right? Yeah. I like the hair. Hair's Cute good. Little back of the skirt looks good. The details little, on this thing. Little knee brace. Yes. Wrap band thing. No, they did there. a great job. Um, I, I already pre-ordered. Me too. Pre-ordered. Uh, it so it is available for pre-order. <laughs> um, I have mine ordered as well. It's ten ninety nine. Oh, that's a bargain! Oh, wow, which is bargain. Really Good. great, Cons- mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's really an inexpensive, yeah, thing collectible, which is pretty mm-hmm. good. And to be uh, in the name of being fair and balanced, they're also coming out with the Hercules coming mm-hmm. soon. Because everyone blah, knows Xena and Hercules, like you know, they're just inseparable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big time. Nothing against Hercules; <laughs> he was a fine character, but come on. Yeah. You know who mm-hmm. needs to be made along with Xena. Oh, right. You know they do. I'm do you think they're they... going to do that? Like, we'll do Gabrielle. I think they'll Joxer. see how Xena does, maybe. Mm. I, I don't know that they would go any further than Gabrielle, but I think they got to do Gabrielle. Yeah. Maybe they'll make an exclusive a limited run. <laughs> yeah. I would love Ares would be cool. Callisto <laughs> would be really cool. got his flop hat just right. <laughs> No, I think Ares is. I would, I would go for it. Or Callisto. Callisto for sure. Yeah, I hope they do. More than just Xena and Hercules. I think they're testing the waters with Xena and Herc. See well, how they do. At least Xena. Sh- yeah. Well, hopefully enough people buy it, and we'll, <clears> we'll, <throat> we're part of that. So go and buy some, guys. Go buy some Xena pops. Because <sighs> that is a good-looking pop. It's great. They did a good job. And what the hell took so long? 
How long I don't has know. Xena been? There's a lot of random ones out There's there. There's a lot what of random Zena things they make. Yeah. It's so strange how I, they who knows, Was it a rights thing maybe or a permission mm. thing? Because that mm. thing seems like it was an easy, easy choice to make Xena. For yeah, me, it's interesting. personally. I would have made it before a lot of these weird ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, if there's no other nerd news, that's kind of all we got this week for nerd news. We're on the cusp, I feel like, of mm-hmm. a lot of wonderful nerd news. Things are coming. Fall We've had TV big weeks, starting fall up. Fall TV. Yeah. We're going to start hitting some big nerd movies coming out. So That's true. I would like to say that for this podcast, we do have Star Wars ice cream. That's kind of nerd news. That's I didn't exciting. know that existed, but we light and dark side, Ray and Kylo. It's pretty great. So it, if you didn't know Star Wars ice cream's out there by Briar, go get it. That's nerd news. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know. News to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And our next segment is Emmy predictions. Emmys are coming hmm. up very soon. They are, what is it, the 22nd? Yes. Yeah. September Sunday 22nd. Night. And we're going to make some predictions. We're just going to go through <laughs> the major awards. Um, we'll go award by award. Best comedy. I picked Schitt's Creek because I love that show. Uh, it has finally become a household name it is so great i hope it wins is tim roson's not on it still is he he's not he came back let's see we're this is the fifth season that is currently out so he came back i want to say in the fourth season mm-hmm. but he was on yeah he played mutt mm-hmm. uh love a love interest for the first two seasons and then he kind of disappeared to go and do <laughs> wine on herb i think okay uh but yeah he's not he's not on did regular. you see that TV Guide came out with their 100 top shows currently on air, and Shit's Creek was number one. It was number one. Minona was like 49. Yeah, it was. She got, got, it made like, the list. Just squeezed in there, yeah. but yeah. Um, my, yeah, two of my favorite shows right now are both Canadian British shows. Hmm. Go Canada. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think? Best comedy? Well, some of my predictions are not really, not based on my favorites, but sure. what who I think will win. It's kind of a mix. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked Barry. Because oh. of all the buzz I've heard I feel about like that's it, a good call. Long, you know, yep, it's done very well. It's a tough category because mm-hmm. uh, Veep seems like it wins all I the time. I put Veep for I that know. reason because I've I, seen really. I see Philly Bag with a lot of good people yeah. love that buzz show. Too. Veep is my favorite of all of these, really? and I think it might win. Well, it's won so many times, but it's its last season, so it's it that's what, even yeah, more the last season helps. thing. I think it's what. But also Mrs. Maisel. That, didn't that one last year? Yeah. I think that, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a great show. I love that I feel show. like anything but Russian Doll and Dead to Me. <laughs> I I like Russian Shark Doll Cannon. was really great, too. I feel like it is, I but really I feel like others it. have either the history or the buzz. Yeah. But is Russian Doll a comedy? I didn't it's think like so. It's like a very um, dark, comedy? dark, dark okay. comedy. I've, but I've there were. Seen it, it, it's but... funny because of what's her name? The, the Natasha star. Natasha yeah. Leon. Yes. Nice. It's Wendy. She plays it perfectly. <laughs> I haven't so even watched it. <laughs> I don't even like really dark, dark dramas, but it was mm. fun for me to watch because sure. of her. She's fabulous. Like okay. I watched one not really knowing just because okay. Netflix started playing it. And it. you know how it does it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. All right. All right. So, best drama. Um, mm. I feel like. Uh, it's going to be between Game of Thrones and Killing Eve. Because I think, as you said before, Game of Thrones, last season, it's the last chance to give it its you know, sort of due. But I think Killing Eve, I think people really, really love that show. I think yeah. it's going to be Game of Thrones. Yeah. I think for the reward last season, and I think people, like regular TV, the people voting aren't weren't as into, I mean, I think it was it was a good season, but not maybe if you were a true devotee of the show. Right. Or the books. 
So I think the voters are going to reward it because of the production value even alone. Okay. Yeah. Tara, what do you think? I would <clears throat> love Killing Eve one, um, but also would love I Pick Game of Thrones for the Got same it. reasons. Okay. Best limited series. I have seen one of these shows. Which one? Sharp Objects. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that When They See Us uh, was a very big critical uh, success. So I'm split between those two, but I'm, I'm going to go with Sharp Objects. I'm going Chernobyl. It's the only one I've seen, and it was oh, pretty darn good. Yeah, it's a little too dark for me. I um, love it. I don't want to be it's bummed good. out uh, when I watch a TV show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's what I strive for. But I like that it was, so I'm going Chernobyl. Okay, cool. I picked When They See Us for the same reason as Kat. Yeah, yeah, I bet you're probably right. But. Best actor drama. I'm voting Kid Harrington. Same. Because uh, he's Jon Snow. I went left field. <laughs> I feel like he didn't do that much this year. Really? I think True. in the past he might have mm-hmm. served it. I went way out left field. Bob Odenkirk. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm probably wrong. I, I don't, I, I don't, I based that on nothing. <laughs> but has, has, did, has Kit won? I don't think so. I don't think so. I should have done a little more research on yeah, this. That's it why, wouldn't surprise me if he did, though. That's why the only reason I feel like he's going to win, because he hasn't won. That's not because it's was, is by the best far not yeah. his best year. Um, but I... Yeah. Other word, otherwise, I was going to pick uh, Bob Odenkirk as well, but no. Yeah, it's it's that that sort of this is your last chance. Mm-hmm. This is your award for the entire right. series, not necessarily this season. Exactly. Yep. Best actress. Who'd you guys? Who I you guys bet we like? all agreed. I bet we all agreed. Sandra O. Oh. Yes. Oh, oh, and Amelia Clark. Oh. oh. Why would Amelia? <laughs> Just because I think huh. even the people that didn't like the season raved about her. And I think this is going to be her win for like everything. And believe me, Sandra O is my favorite part of Killing Eve. Hmm. So I would be more than happy to be wrong and have Sandra O win. But I just thought Amelia is going to get the nod for for carrying what people felt was like a poorly written, fleshed out turn. Interesting. But they, I, I want Amelia. But Sandra O, I adore. So I feel like Sandra O is sort of the Hollywood darling right now. And I think she's been around for so long and she's only now just getting recognition. She, I think she's going to... She didn't win last year, She right? did win, she, I thought, when she, she was hosting. Yeah. So that's why I think I Jodie Comer is a, a good dark horse. Not because she doesn't... She totally deserves it. Got but it. I feel like over Amelia Clark huh. just because... Because I don't think last year she wasn't nominated or something about... I don't know if Amelia? she was maybe... No, no, no. Oh, uh, Jodie. And I, yeah, she some, wasn't. Something about oh, her not being it. nominated, even though they're mm-hmm. co-stars. So now she is. So maybe oh, she'll get her. Maybe. You know. Oh, I see. I still it, think it's right. Amelia or Got Sandra. It. Yeah. Sandra. So Jodie Comer. Sorry, she plays the assassin. Mm-hmm. Right. Got it. Copy you have that. seen that show, right? I've seen several episodes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> several. We'll go several. It is on my list. Best actor comedy. Because I feel, honestly, I think this is Shit's Creek, Shit's Creek's <laughs> year. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to give it to Eugene Levy, not just for the whole show, but also because of his career. Like, I feel like he, mm-hmm. yeah. this is, this is going to be, um, I feel the same way about Best Actress coming up as well. I think this is, this is a way for Hollywood to say, hey, your career has been amazing and you're on a good uh, show. Here's your Emmy. I know who you're picking then. Oh, yeah. Uh, I pick Bill Hader just because the Barry buzz, but I really. Have you seen Barry? Like one episode. I heard it's really good. I also picked Bill Hader. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, it's an impressive uh, group of guys there. Michael Douglas, Ted Danson. Don Cheadle. A lot of good people. Yeah, it's a tough category. Best actress. Comedy. Well, obviously you picked Catherine O'Hara. I sure did. (laughs) Uh, 
I that and again I'm completely biased. Uh, Love to, turn Casper. I mean, I mean, name you know she's been in so much. <laughs> went to um, they did a live event like a live uh, show for Schitt's Creek. We went and they announced everybody. She comes out. She got a three or four minute standing wow. ovation, and it was just like this woman is so she's talented. Comedy legend. She is a legend, and she has done so much. And again, I feel like it, this is her opportunity to not only win for this great show, but also her entire career. Were she or Eugene nominated in the past? I don't think so. This is the first year that any part of the show, I believe, has been nominated. They've done so many. I mean, I don't know if any of the SCTV days ever factored in or anything they've done, guest parents. They may have had something, like Mm -hmm. a guest popping up somewhere. Maybe. Not for this show, apparently. Definitely not for the show, no. What What do you guys think? I put Julia just because I feel like sometimes the winners just keep on winning. And but it's the last I can season. also yeah. see, yeah, and for that, and just rewarding her her life on that show. But I see your point, so I think that could easily. Be. Mm. I think Miss Maisel doesn't have the the buzz that it's had like right. last year. Yep. I could also see Phoebe Waller Bridge. She's like a hot property with Fleabag. I could see it going to her. I don't know. And she was the droid in uh, Han Solo, so I like mm. her for that. It's a tough category. Mm. I gotta. I picked Julia as well, just because I love that show and she's just amazing. And I'm, yeah. and I'm going to a healthcare conference and she is the keynote speaker. Hey. I am super excited about Julia? that. Yeah. <gasps> she's there to talk about her, you know, her healthcare oh, yeah. issues going and cancer yeah, treatment, she, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still yeah. say you, you need to go back and watch all the Seinfeld. Yeah. If you like her this much, you will love That's her. That's one as of those Elaine. things that I can't believe that I, I mean, of course I've seen it, but sure. I just never really Because Elaine is, huh. yeah. there's so many episodes. Yeah, amazing. Hard to. That's a, daun- that's a daunting thing to go back and watch all mm-hmm. of yeah, the Yeah, I know. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. So just pop in everyone's ball. Check one. Okay. Best supporting actor, drama. Mm. A lot of Game of Thrones people. A lot. I went with your standard Peter Dinklage. I voted for Peter. I'm voting Peter. You know, I definitely love Peter, and he's won before. So I'm oh, going with oh, Alfie. Oh, I'm going with Alfie. Alfie I think Allen? he was. He's been be really great. I think he's underrated. Yeah, but Re- maybe remind me who he here. plays. Who is that? Theon Greyjoy. Of course it is. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. Theon. <laughs> yeah. Poor Theon. And I thought he was really great this season, especially. He was. I really. He had a lot to do yeah. this, this last season. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. All right. Supporting actress drama. A lot of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um. I chose Fiona Shaw for Killing Eve because, again, I think it feels like it's a lot of buzz around that show again. I feel like the Game of Thrones people could cancel each other out, too. Yeah, that's a problem. Split the vote. Be that as it may. Oh, I know who you're going to vote for. (laughs) (laughs) Lena has my support till the end of time. I have picked Lena Headey, even though this season she didn't really get to do much except look out a window and be crushed by rocks. However. (laughs) I mean, that sums it up. (laughs) Cersei was awesome. (laughs) Cersei for the throne. Cersei for the win. Lena, you got my support. Hmm. I think Fiona will win, hmm. but I picked Gwendolyn Christie just oh, because I do I like Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn. She's great. She deserves it. I mean, and of the so of, if it was just a, a Game of Thrones uh, contest of those four, you Ooh. still think Gwendolyn is the best? I, four? I don't know. I don't, it's so hard. And just the Sophie's season. so good. Yeah. And, okay, this, this season. season that's uh, hard. I think Sophie was really I good think this Sophie season too. too. I think Sophie yeah, too. Yeah, I think Sophie could. 
it's it's hard that this one could go anywhere. That's why I, I think, think you might be right with Fiona Shaw because yeah. I think pe- they're, yeah. they're yeah. torn. And I think the only one I the the one I could see breaking out as get it for the entirety of the show is Lena. Yeah, hmm. for entirety for just if they give it to somebody because you know what this year wasn't the top, but you did. She's won it before though. I don't know. For, no. Mm-mm. I feel like um, I've seen um, her on the, maybe it was like Golden Globe or something. Could have been. I'm going else. to research, but I don't think she's okay. ever won for for Cersei for a Emmys, Golden Globe for or Emmys. something. Yeah, or SAG or something like that. Mm. All right. Have has has anybody seen Ozark? No, no. me neither. I don't. I don't. You Watch know, I can't say I don't like Jason Bateman. I just don't care for his acting style. Really? Or, yeah, I was never a a fan of you know um, what's the one he did. The big one. Personal development? Yeah. Person. No. no. Arrested, not- arrested development. Sorry. Arrested development. Different show. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a way more boring one. Personal, Personal development. development. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. He's just like st- sitting around all day reading self-help books. <laughs> what else can you learn to further? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, yeah. But no. But okay. So let's say it's not about. Let's go back to the Game of Thrones while you're, I'm vamping for you, uh, Wendy. Mm-hmm. If it is those four women again, but it's for the whole series, not just season last season, who do you think is the, what had the strongest? I mean, it's of the four for the whole yeah, series. It's gotta I'm be. still going, Cersei. I think, Lena. I think you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. of the she's been nominated show. a lot for and the uh, for the Emmys and all sorts of things, but not. But I don't also, see any wins. She's also best supporting. That's so interesting. I wonder mm-hmm. previously if she has been nominated, if it's been for best actress. So many questions. No. I mean, there's nobody for Game I, of Thrones. Everything that are just I see best is supporting because everything it's an ensemble. So right. Like, well, I mean, yeah. Amelia, right, for Best Actress this season. But she's oh, right, the only, right, that's true. And well, then Kit hmm, for for actor. They're the only two leads, I guess. I guess that was hmm. very. Th- th- this was kind of their season, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jon Snow and so what's, the, oh, oh, what's her name? She's only one little random ones. So nothing, no big ones. Not Lena, I'm seeing. Golden nice. Nymph nominee. I don't know what that is. Monte Carlo Festival. Hmm. All right. Come on, Lena. Pull it out. I, I, well, I would love it if she got it. I would too. That'd be great. We're going to move on to supporting actor comedy. I have Tony Shalhoub, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. You can't go wrong with Tony Shalhoub. Yeah. Monk. I love Tony Shalhoub, and I hope that he does win. But I picked Tony Hale just because it's the end of the series. Right. For Veep. I think pretty sure he's won before. But if he hasn't, he definitely especially deserves to win this time. Hmm. Well, I like Tony Hale. And I love Tony Schlub. I went with Stephen Root. And here's my weird reason. Not just because his name is Root. But <laughs> because I Mostly. saw him in an early episode of Roseanne. And he was like this weird little lawyer guy. And I thought, oh, what a strange little man. I wonder if he ever did anything else in his career. And I looked him up and he was Stephen Root. And he's got like this huge career. So I just circled him. Because I haven't seen any. And I'm, well, okay. You're rooting for him. Ah, uh-huh. so you're rooting for Root. Yeah, I've never heard that before. <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. It just sort of happened. <laughs> Good call. Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> supporting actors, comedy. Uh, who do you guys have? I voted for Anna Chomsky because I know Tara likes her. I do. I was gonna say I'm rooting for <laughs> Anna because she hasn't won. Mm. I don't think she's won. That's another research one. I know she's been nominated several times before. For Veep. Almost like every year of Veep, she's been nominated. Got it. And I can't remember if she's won or not. But she research. is so great in that show. Yeah. And just so out of character. Like, you don't think. You think of my girl. But she's hilarious and does such a great job. Especially with, she gets a lot of mouthfuls of words <laughs> to say. Right. And it's it's okay. amazing. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I voted for Olivia Coleman. For I can Flea see that bag mm-hmm. because it's Olivia Coleman, right? Mm-hmm. And the and Emmys Fleabag. like to give Oscar-winning actresses awards. Um, I love Glow. So if Betty Gilpin won, that's cool. I mean, this is a good category. Yeah, Anna, Kate, Kate McKinnon. Come I know. I kidding? hate rooting against Kate McKinnon, but whatever. Um, Anna nominated like six times, never won. Yes, see, oh, that's why oh, she's not. She's, every year she's been nominated. She's gonna win. I hope she does. They're I probably, really do. They'll probably give it to oh. her. I bet they will. Maybe. Well then, Maybe. okay. Let's uh, let's see how we did when. Uh, <laughs> yes, we'll find out. Happened, so, are based on our very educated opinions. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> having seen every show and every performance, guys. Here's what we think we're gonna. We are experts. Has anyone seen all of these? Even the voters, have they seen all of these? I mean, here's the thing: you can't. No, you can't this see all this stuff. This day and age, there's too much TV, and that's why you get the. I guess they send out screeners, but yeah, and they submit like what one episode? Don't the actors? Yeah. like, here's my thing. I'm they submitting. Yeah, best one. exactly. It's a tough call. It is. It's a tough call. Right. Either way, we'll see how we do. We'll keep score. We'll see who wins. Yeah, we'll see who wins. We'll see who wins. What do we get? What do we get? <laughs> What's <laughs> our prize? What do we win? The satisfaction of knowing that Guessing you right. are smart. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll take a good it. guesser. <laughs> when it comes to TV. Or you're a good guesser. Yeah. Hey, don't we have another shout out to do for, for somebody? Ryan, oh. one of our devoted listeners. Mm. Gave us the shout out with the Indiana Jones code word that we submitted, that we said, we'll know you're listening if you know the code word. Ryan. Ryan got it. Ryan, who's listening while prepping for trials. <laughs> oh, but nice. didn't bust you. Like, are you hope supposed not, to be listening? Hope we're not killing your brain cells. While <laughs> yeah, is this a good idea, Ryan? I hope we help you in <laughs> so your efforts. But uh, yes. Um, and now apparently... Ryan can't see the name My Life is Murder without hearing me say My Life is Murder in my horrible accent. Mission accomplished. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. It's uh, much appreciated. It is. Keep listening. Keep on giving us uh, helpful. And if we had a She Nerds Out t-shirt, we would definitely give it to you. Oh, my God, Ryan. You would love it. Someday. When we we make them. Send me your size. If Ryan, if you hear this, text (laughs) me the size that you want in your t-shirt. That's awesome. We'll mm-hmm. see if you're still listening or if you're <laughs> yeah. playing me to me. See if he deserves that t-shirt. <laughs> so guys, we're going to introduce a brand new segment. It's going to be a recurring segment. And it's called Fanfic Foreplay. Ooh. <laughs> sounds well, sexy. Well, it is. I mean, fanfic is pretty sexy. It can be. Mm-hmm. So welcome to the uh, Fanfic Foreplay segment number one. Let's get it on. <laughs> That's the theme. <laughs> So, um, we, w- I, I mean, I think fan fiction is a really fun part of a fandom. And for me, it, uh, especially in between seasons, for instance, Winona Earp, uh, it kind of, you know, helps to, to, uh, satisfy mm-hmm. the need for new content from the show. A bit of a dry spell right now. You could say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's also just fun to see, uh, to, or to read your favorite characters in alternative universes or just in things that you haven't seen on the show. Some wild situations. Wild. Yeah. yeah. It's just great. It's just so much fun. And for me, it it's a great, if I'm having a bad day or I'm really just kind of like, Ugh, I know that I can go and kind of get, it's, it's escapism, right? Mm-hmm. It's like just a nice kind of fun way to forget about your crappy day-to-day BS. Yeah. <laughs> what about you guys? 
It's interesting in that it's it's I think it helps keep fans engaged with the show, with the characters, and it you know, and a lot of them like the writers are very faithful to what's been established in the show and then they they'll t- take different directions or mm-hmm. add to it or whatever, but they use a lot of what has already been established. So I think it builds up not just the you know, like the fandom for the show, the love of the characters and sometimes, you know, it helps fill out things you don't see on screen, which mm-hmm. gives you a great appreciation for what you are watching. Because you have this, whether it, you know, canon or not, it exists in fan fiction, like filling in the gaps that you don't see yep. in the actual episode. So I think the the showrunners that support it and encourage it and embrace it, it only helps their show. It doesn't detract from it at all. It just makes people love their show more. Right. And they're just building upon the story that's already there. Yeah. And saying, yeah. oh, if uh, uh, the camera wouldn't have cut away when we <laughs> would have and seen. Nicole was, you know, doing the cheerleading part, this is what would have happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also, if you look at something like Xena, which is that was the first fan fiction mm-hmm. I ever read was for Xena. It was fan fiction was giving us what the show couldn't or mm-hmm. wouldn't, depending on, you know how you think that was handled uh the you know obviously the subtext in fan fiction is text and you know you could find some very explicit um interactions between mm-hmm. the Xena Gabrielle characters but it was i felt like that was that was definitely feeding into what the you know the show could take it so far but we wanted more and fan fiction was absolutely there to give it to us mm-hmm. a all lot the, of it all the backstory you could ever want you know yeah really Builds a world within a world. For sure. Yeah, and very talented writers. Oh, yeah. Some who ended up going on being to be published and uh, or even write for the show that they wrote fan fiction for. For so example. In Strange, uh, Melissa Good with Xena ended up writing a few episodes of the show. Which so. is crazy. Yeah. How crazy is yeah. that? Um, it's, it's an interesting world that I never knew. I don't know how much it existed before Xena. I'm sure it was out there in some form. Mm. Obviously, it was. But we deduced that Xena was really started around the time that the internet yeah. really just blew up and yeah. it became a lot easier to find fan fiction and share, you know, with everyone. I guess, yeah, before that, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of these characters, they just, you're so engaged with them and you just keep thinking about them and thinking of storylines or like, yeah, where would the scene have gone if they yep. hadn't had to cut to something else? And so... Some some people think about things and some people think about them and then have to write them down and they're good mm-hmm. writers. Some people are good writers, but I think it just kind of comes out like, you know, but it's good. There's, there's that place, the form that people can put whatever they're thinking out there. Yep. And um, like I said, some good and some not so good. And I sure. guess before the internet, you just wrote it down and... Or not. I don't know where <laughs> no it went. Else. <laughs> yeah, Maybe exactly. shared it with your friends or <laughs> somewhere, but now it's it's a big thing. There's like a archive of their own you can go find whatever fanfic you want of any and it's not all yeah. explicit it's like oh yeah very much of it isn't comedy and just it's just so very, well devel- developed yeah there's so much out there i have no idea you know, what some of these stories there, but... have 40 chapters and it's just an ongoing mm-hmm. saga so it's really neat yeah and it is kind of it's <clears throat> kind of its own fandom like that, you know, you yeah. can have fans of a certain writer. Oh yeah, and you know, it's just it's it's definitely kind of its own thing as a part of a bigger fandom, and it's a fun community to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, at least as a reader, I'm sure. I've not. Have you guys ever written any oh, fan fiction? No. No, no, nobody wants to read that <laughs> from me. Write. No, that would. I feel like we should try. Not no, <laughs> no. Oh, okay. 
They have fan generators. I mean, kudos. It is. It's very kudos. Literally, yeah. Like it's amazing what they're doing. Yeah, I could. I enjoy it very much. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the idea behind fan fiction for play is that we're going to invite fan fiction writers on. some of our fa- we'll start reaching out to some of our favorite writers. If you at home will have a favorite fan fiction writer that you would like for us to talk to, send in those suggestions. Um, so as our very special guest for our very first edition, uh, we reached out to Jen Tidwell, also known as Dark Wiccan. She is the creator and co-host of the Herp Fiction Addiction podcast. And um, if you don't know the podcast, but you're a Winona Herp fan fiction fan, what have you been doing with your life? Uh, it's so great. She and our co-host uh, Delaney and Laura, they go through and they kind of curate a great selection of fanfic. Uh, so uh, we're going to talk to Jen about that right now. I'm so excited to be talking to our guest today. I'm a big fan of her podcast. And um, uh, her name is Jen Tidwell. And she's the creator and host of the Herp Fiction Addiction podcast. Jen, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. So did you, I know on your show, you're known as Dark Wiccan, um, mm-hmm. but you in real life, I guess, are Jen. Yes. Uh, so where did Dark Wiccan come from? Oh, terrible joke that I told in the early thousands. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure we're all familiar with Buffy the Vampire Slayer and of course Willow and Tara. That, that's right. Yes, yeah. definitely. Uh, so I started out, um, when I started writing, I started writing, uh, Willow Terra fan fiction and I was on, uh, a, a, uh, board called the kitten board, uh, and within the kitten board, their sub board, I guess, uh, different color pens, which is where they have like the largest Willow Terra fanfic, um, compendium on the net that's probably changed since the advent of AO3 and AO3 kind of sucking up every other uh, archive <laughs> out there. Uh, but uh, in the early thousands, it was the place to be if you were writing Willow and Tara fan fiction. And so I needed to come up with a, with a pseudonym. Uh, and um, cause I mean, it's gotten a bit better, but at the time, you know, fan fiction was not viewed uh, with a kind eye by the general <laughs> populace. Uh, so I, you know, in order, and I was working heavily in the entertainment industry at the time, and I kind of didn't want those streams to cross. <laughs> so right. I was like, okay, coming up with a pseudonym. And um, I always thought it was hilarious that they uh, tried to make Willow, and I guess sort of succeeded uh, to make Willow like evil, uh-huh. um, and at least for a minute. And uh, because, you know, she's supposed to be a practicing Wiccan, and there's really no such thing as dark magic or black magic. <laughs> And so I just made this kind of joke of like, oh, I shall smite you with my dark wicker, tremble with my incense and aromatherapy candles. You know? <laughs> so uh, that's how I came up with Dark Wicked. That's amazing. That's good. Awesome. It's, it is good. That's mm-hmm. a good one. <laughs> Thank um, you. So as part of your sign off on your podcast, um, actually your sign off is read more fic. It is. Um, yes. So why do you think fan fiction is so important to a fandom? Oh my goodness. Uh, so many, how much time do we have? Um, we have all the time. <laughs> we have all the time. Okay, great. Um, well, essentially, bef- again, it's, it's getting better all the time to quote the Beatles, but, uh, 
we really queer audiences haven't had a lot of great representation. And, um, so as a result, we had to turn inwards to ourselves and either grasp at what little bit we had and expand upon it or just create our own sort of, uh, queer ships essentially to sail on. And so that's why I think that fan fiction is really important to queer fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's one of those weird kind of things where I've only been involved in uh, queer women or queer, you know, individuals who are a, you know, assigned female at birth, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. you know, but maybe don't identify that way anymore. But I've been mainly involved in that column of fan fiction. I know that there is a, a, exponential number of you know men loving men uh fanfics out there (laughs) for like every kind of pairing you could possibly imagine and it's just weird for me to think of the women loving women um or the femme you know uh side of things being so small comparative which i guess i'm a little grateful for otherwise i'd go insane uh, with all the reading (laughs) that i have to do um but at the same time it's like we really have to be our own voices because otherwise we'd just be drowned out uh, by everybody else you know it's basically it seems like it goes uh mlm ship you know fix whatever fandom pick your fandom then straight and then women loving women or queer uh fem- you know femme or afab uh stuff comes last as far as quantity so it really to me speaks so hugely of how important it is that we are creating our own content um and just like in traditional published you know um i'm not going to say literature but uh uh you know published works um you have a whole spectrum of quality writing right you go from your kind of trashy you know uh riddled with with um, editorial mistake <laughs> uh you know kind of bodice ripper stuff uh, all the way up to works that really are on the same level as like catcher in the rye um within fan fiction itself uh and i just think it's so important that that is a huge part of our culture and our expression and um i have never seen anything like the writing within the fandom that i occupy currently which is of course winona erp uh but i mean i've been around y'all i've been around (laughs) I, i may have started writing fic with with buffy but i was reading fic before that in other fandoms and i've been around other fandoms and reading their fic and, and honestly the the output um the quality of work coming out of the one owner fandom is un, unparalleled to anything else i've seen you know not to say that other fandoms don't put out some incredible um pieces that are mind-bogglingly good uh, they do of course they do it's just the quantity of that level of writing that's mm-hmm. happening here mm-hmm. in this fandom that blows my mind do you think that's because, like you said, some of the stigma is kind of off of it and it's become sort of more of a thing that like people acknowledge and are more accepting of? And maybe it gets better writers to say, hey, you know what? I want to try that. I want to put my stuff out there as opposed to back in the day when maybe if you had any sort of serious writing talent, you didn't even bother with it or you didn't publish it if you did. Um, yes and no. I think that it's not just that the uh, the fact that it's getting better in the media landscape and really, you know, yeah. Baby steps it is. Yeah. Uh, but it's <laughs> more steps. that we have the support of showrunners like Emily Andrus, mm-hmm. who can't read the fic because of legal reasons, but is very much supportive of, of fic and the and she doesn't decry it as being something um, you know, like low low rent or anything. You know, mm-hmm. she actually does recognize the amount of talent that goes in 
to the work. And as a result, uh, within this fandom, fan fiction is celebrated, you know, just as much or very near to just as much as the actual canon material of the show itself. Um, she's always been incredibly outspoken in her, in her support of fan fiction and fanfic authors. Uh, and, um, so I think that is really what's feeding, uh, the Winona Earp, uh, fic read, fic writers, you know, they're getting fed by this positive reinforcement from this individual who they look up to, uh, it's such high esteem, like, Oh, okay. Well, she, she says it's okay. And she says it's interesting. And she says that it's actually a really great outlet. So I'm going to take that and be confident in that I can sit down and I can, put my thoughts on a page and share it with everybody. It's so smart of her to embrace it. I mean, cause it, this is, you know, it's more support for her show. It's, it's building a stronger fan base and it's, it's very smart of her to recognize that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, um, I think all writers at some point in their development go into the playground of fan fiction, even if it's just for their own enjoyment, you know, just saying, Oh gosh, I've got this story idea. I don't know. Where I'm going to go with it. Uh, and I don't really want to sit down and have to build up all these characters. So I'm just going to take these couple of characters I'm familiar with and just play around with them for a little while. And just that as a writing exercise can open so many other doors to original uh, fiction and or, or original ideas. And so I, you know, I think that any author who, you know, turns their nose up at the notion of fan fiction is really just fooling themselves. Honestly, mm -hmm. they're just getting in their own way because they, whether they knew it or not at some point in their life. And I mean, going back to like elementary school, they sat down and wrote some type of fan fiction, hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, whether it was, you know, writing a new adventure for curious George or whatever, <laughs> you know, ev everybody's dabbled in that and used it as a tool uh, for, for writing and, and improving your writing. So, yeah. And when I think about some of my favorite fiction right now, uh, you can change the names and that's really like AU stuff. And that's really just good queer fiction. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. There have been several authors who have taken their uh, AU pieces and started to um, edit them, change the names to protect the innocent and, uh, you know, make adjustments so that they could potentially be published. Um, and we have one author in the fandom who has been published, uh, not writing uh, a story and then flipping it, but um, having had enough time to spread their wings and stretch their legs within the fan fiction world, being able to then translate those experiences and then write an original piece, a fully original piece. Um, and uh, so now they have a work that's in the editing process with the publishing house and will hopefully be out before the end of the year. So, you know, it can be done. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you're talking about Boots and Cats, right? I am, of course, talking about She's Boots and Cats. one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. One of the most prolific authors within the fandom, for sure. Yeah, she's um, she's definitely... Whenever I see something new uh, from her, I'm always excited. Um, yes. And so, speaking of... Uh, to get a little more into some herb fiction stuff, I think one of the, uh, one of the most fun things is the use of these minor characters on the show that, you know, maybe have popped up once or twice. I'm talking about Chrissy. Uh, yes, Chrissy is Chrissy, hugely popular. She's in three episodes of the show, mm -hmm. but she is so popular. She pops up all the time. She's usually like Waverly's best friend. Um, how much fun is that? And you're a writer yourself, like to kind of, there's not, they don't give us much. We don't really know too much about Chrissy, but 
um, she seems to be pretty consistent through all these different fics. Like, you know, how do you how do you put together a character who people know, but they don't quite, ha- you know, have a, a lot to kind of hold on to? Well, something that fan fiction authors tend to do extremely well is to do a character analysis deep dives. Uh, and they take every ounce, every precious little drop of canon information that has been given and are they they mine that <laughs> for character traits and psychology and personality and are able to take that and extrapolate on it. Another thing that happens is that you sort of have a hive mind that occurs uh, where one author will lay down essentially a thesis statement as to, we don't really know this character very well, but this is who I think they are. And other authors will go, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> and just kind of pick up with that idea and uh, run with it. And that sort of becomes fan fanon, uh, or <laughs> fan canon uh, within the kind of community itself. And, um, and you'll be hard pressed to find people to debate it because <laughs> they can always go back to the, again, the micro minutia of information that the canon, the actual canon has given us and be able to justify the thought process there. Uh, so I think it's just this wonderful sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not trait, but I'll go with trait for now. It's this wonderful sort of trait of, of uh, fan and writing where everyone just sort of gets on the same page, no pun intended, and they <laughs> they settle into it. And it works really well. And, I, and the great thing about, you know, these characters that we don't know much about is it is really almost like writing an original character, right? Because you just don't, you have these little, little bits, you know, you have a name, you have a little bit of history, you have a bit of personality based on the behavior within the show. And then you just kind of go, okay, I'm just going to take this and go, you know, and blow it up into this larger, you know, complete whole person. And really you've kind of created an original character. You've just gotten sort of a writing prompt, right? From the canon. And you just kind of take it and you run with it. Does that answer the question? Yeah. Did I, did no. I, okay. Jenya nailed it. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> so, um, so you do read, uh, I'm guessing, a lot of fan fiction. Oh my goodness, yes, um, I do. Do mm-hmm. you, and I know you have these rules of, you know, sort of very basic, you know, clear storyline, developed characters, as little grammar and spelling errors as possible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you, how far into a fic do, will you go before you bail and realize, okay, I'm out? Or do you, uh, are you, are you so thorough? Are you such a completist mm-hmm. that you'll read even the bad stuff? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, unfortunately, just due to, uh, time, I, I can't, I don't have the time to, to stick it out through, you know, st- stuff that doesn't meet our very basic fact. Uh, I will always read through an entire chapter. Okay. Um, because sometimes people, you know, especially if it's their first fic, they'll be a little nervous and their first couple of steps out of the gate are going to be a little wobbly, you know, kind of on what I call baby writer legs, you know, <laughs> and they haven't really found their footing yet. So I try to give them through the end of one chapter. If I get to the end of a chapter and it's clear that they're just not where we need them to be, to be comfortable recommending them to other readers yet, uh, then you know I'll move on. Sometimes I'll get to the end of a chapter and I'll be kind of on the fence. So I'll give them another chapter and, and see if, if they're getting stronger. Um, but I never bail like, you know, so <laughs> I've got friends um, who also read prolific amounts of fiction and, they will give basically 
the author three sentences before they bail out. <laughs> wow. You know, and I'm like, no, that's not, you know, it's like, hang on, <laughs> let them get their feet a little bit. Uh, so, so, some readers will base it on the um, summary that's in the, you know, the basic summary uh, that's just on the cover page. And if the basic summary has a grammatical error or isn't written very well, they'll just go, eh, I don't have time. And I tell you what, there are so many amazing fictions I've read where the summary was garbage, but the actual work <laughs> was spectacular. Huh. Uh, so yeah, I will always give at least a full chapter, always. Um, so I've read at least the first chapter of over 4,500 stories. Wow. At this <sighs> <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. So how many hours a day do you do? De- do you dedicate to it? Cause you do, you have to, you know, you're cranking out this, this podcast. So you, people are looking to you to curate their, their reading. So how many hours a day do you, would you say you dedicate to, to doing that? Uh, more than my wife. Would like <laughs> <to>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh no. I, yeah. I, I've, de- I've developed a sort of, um, circuit training for reading <laughs> and getting work done. Uh, so that uh, I will, I'm basically reading all day, but it's always in like um, cycles, you know, so I'll read for, uh, you know, like 15 minutes, and then I'll work on work that I'm being paid to do, you know, and, and uh, then I'll go back to reading for, you know, it's like I'm taking little breaks and just reading, but I, I read ridiculously quickly, oh. uh, which is thanks to my parents and teaching me how to speed read when I was uh, younger. So I mean, I can, I once um, timed myself and found that I could read 250,000 words in six hours. Uh, so, and that's with frequent breaks. Uh, so that is kind of, I don't do that to myself daily cause I go insane. Uh, but you know, if, if, uh, once in a while, uh, you know, someone will send me a, a DM or send me an email and go, Hey, have you read this fic? It's spectacular. And for whatever mind-boggling reason usually it's a glitch on ao3 where something won't come up on my front page i will have missed it and by the time that somebody brings it to my attention going hey why haven't you recommended this fic because it's incredible it's like a hundred thousand words in (laughs) (laughs) so i'll have to be like all right roll up the sleeves (laughs) get the snacks set up the water let's do this you know um but i'm pretty much always reading the way that authors like boots and cats are always writing um so yeah, I've I've had to make rules for myself uh, where, um, like, if my wife and I are going out to dinner, uh, I will put the phone away. And sometimes oh. I'll even leave it in the car uh, so that I'm not tempted to try to pull it up and and continue reading. <laughs> um, and it's not an addiction thing. I know that the joke of my podcast is the herb fiction addiction, mm-hmm. uh, but it's really of more of like a um, ob- not an obligation. That's the wrong. It's it's. Again, as you say, people are trusting me to kind of curate their reading. And so it's that sort of feeling of like, well, you know, I, responsibility. I've got this responsibility to, to do this for people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I've created this monster, uh, which I adore. <laughs> um, now I have to feed it. And uh, mm-hmm. so, so, yeah, I, I do my best. You know, there are certain, like, if my wife and I want to watch certain television shows, the phone goes away, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, uh, Does she so, ever yeah. hide your phone? No, she doesn't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, because she needs my phone to find her phone sometimes. Oh, okay. so, yeah. <laughs> so if we couldn't find both phones, we'd be in trouble. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, but I, I have gotten the the very warranted look, you know, the very, the very much warranted look of like, honey, it's time. you need yeah. to stop right now. And, and she's absolutely right. <laughs> well, what, um, 
So I, I assume you were reading fan fiction and then came up with the idea of the podcast. Is that how, or what prompted you to take the love of fan fiction and, and start a podcast to talk about? Well, myself, if you listen to the show, you know, Mm -hmm. my main co-host or sidekick is my buddy Delaney, uh, but we have a third person, Laura, who Mm -hmm. will come in occasionally. And the three of us have been buddies. uh, I mean, Delaney and I have known each other since the early days of the kitten boards back in the early 2000s. Um, Laura is a more recent addition. I only met her a few years ago, but also from the kitten board, which still exists. And, um, it got very active around like the 25th anniversary of the show or what, of Buffy or whatever. <laughs> so all of a sudden everybody's, it's whole old home week and everyone's coming back. But we just started talking about the white owner of fiction, which actually Laura brought my attention to. Because I was like one day lamenting, you know, the fact, oh man, where do I find my own herb fiction? <laughs> and so she actually was like, duh, AO3, hello, and sent me a link. And uh, that's when I dove into to it. And we were just talking about, oh my gosh, this writing is incredible. What is happening? This is amazing. At the same time, you know, hearing the usual kind of jokes made about fan fiction that just sort of filter around the internet you know nothing nothing directed at anyone particularly <laughs> that sort of like the whole fan fiction's a joke sort of idea and one day i just kind of got real riled up about it <laughs> and i was like <laughs> these people have no idea what they're missing these, these these works are are publishable i mean the the quality is insane and i'm tired of people making fun of it and you know what i'm gonna freaking start a podcast man and you guys are involved <laughs> so deal with it and that's where we're going and that is pretty much how that conversation went it was basically me telling them this is happening (laughs) um (laughs) so fasten your seatbelts here we go (laughs) i like that you took action you saw it being being dumped on and yeah and it's good it's good to get that awareness out that there's there's good writing out there in fan fiction in the world of fan fiction yeah so and yeah. what's what's your favorite of the writing that you've done for Winona Earp specifically um, that you have done yourself? And what I'm just curious after re- uh, reading some of it, how long that process takes you, and and what all goes into that the character development and what you're going to go with, um, and and put it in into your own words. Oh gosh, uh, well, um, without even a second thought, I can tell you the favorite thing I've written for the Winona Earp fandom is "Marry Me a Little," "Marry Me a Little," uh, mm-hmm. which is a one shot. Uh, where Waverly is convinced that Nicole's going to ask her to marry her multiple times. <laughs> and that's not what ends up happening. Uh, and that was just sort of a, uh, a, a brainwave that just sort of leapt into my head and said, you need to write this right now. And I went, okay. Uh, <laughs> so um, I, I've had others kind of describe my writing as kind of snappy and quick and fast paced. Um, and, I would say that marry me a little is kind of the epitome of my style. Um, I'm not a generally long winded author. I don't tend toward the epics. Um, <laughs> so I think the longest uh, piece that I've written uh, was maybe 135,000 words. And to me, that was just like, woof, how did I manage that? <laughs> Meanwhile, you've got authors like Tiger Lowe just cranking out 250 word epics, you know, like nothing. Uh, so or 250 word thousand thousand word epics like nothing and so me it's like i made it to seven thousand you guys so you know (laughs) yeah um but the process is really just like uh you get in the character's head Uh, my my for me anyway my my background is in theater i spend a lot of time you know doing character studies and and work um as an actor 
And so you kind of just take that same approach to, to writing, or at least I do. I can't speak for other authors. Uh, but yeah, I just basically get into a character's head and live in that space as the best that I can based on the information that I've been given from Canon. And, um, and for me, and the, the story Marry Me a Little is really from Waverly's point of view. I think that Waverly has a very fast paced mind. Uh, I think her mind is always moving, always going, always making connections. And um, that was kind of, and jumping to a conclusion, not necessarily the right conclusion, <laughs> but you know, she has the ability to, to, you know, form a kind of equations in her mind and come to a solution, uh, whether it's the right one or not. Um, depends. <laughs> but so I just kind of took that sort of kind of manic thought process and sort of threw it into uh, the writing of that particular story. Um, I've written quite a few uh, collaborative pieces with Lara, uh, which we used a improv theater technique to write. Um, and in that she always played Waverly and I always played Nicole and we would literally write the scenes together in a uh, messenger. And um, that awesome. included, you know, not just the dialogue, but you know, what actions our characters were taking and we could never write what the other character was doing. That was a rule. You know, if a character, another character is taking an action, we can't project that action onto the, that character. We could only write what our character was doing and what our character was thinking and saying. Uh, so that made it really interesting because we're basically writing these scenes in essentially real time. Uh, and, uh, it's an, again, the same approach was just kind of getting into the mental space of who these characters are and writing from that perspective. Um, awesome. As for, yeah, again, as for other authors, I, I don't know. Everybody has their own way of doing it. Everyone has their own technique. Some, some authors do just vast, vast, vast amounts of research. And, and at what and, point do you stop and think, you know what? I'm going to make this a little steamy. Because <laughs> some of it gets pretty steamy, Jen. <laughs> some of it does. Well, interestingly, um, I've only written a couple of M or higher rated works for Winona Herb. And quite honestly, I don't think I did them, wrote, wrote them well. Uh, I think because I was rushing the hmm. scenarios and I got a little too technical. Hmm. Uh, and really, you know, one of them was extrapolating on the barn scene. What if Willa hadn't walked in? <laughs> yes. Uh, at least what yeah. if she didn't walk in until later right <laughs> right <laughs> and um and that i actually really struggled with that one like i had this i notion like oh man let's take it this direction and i sat down to write it and realized that i gotten in over my head hmm. and that i was focusing on the wrong stuff <laughs> um but you know i was like well in for a penny in for a pound you know and i just sort of <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I felt, it was, I felt it was far too technical and focused on what body parts were where. Focusing on the emotion that is where I should have been, um, you know, with that. Because I've written some, very, I mean, honestly, I've written some scenes, some adult scenes that I'm incredibly proud of. Unfortunately, none of them are the way hot ship. Um, <laughs> and I think it's just because I was still getting to know these characters, you know, and I should have waited until I knew them better to sit down and, you know, and, and tackle that side of their relationship. Uh, now, with Laura, writing collaboratively with Laura, uh, we made a rule we would never go above PG-13. Even if the characters themselves were like, no, no, this is where we want to go, we were like, okay, dim the lights. <laughs> because when you're writing with a friend like that, it, you, you, there's a line that 
you don't necessarily want to cross. Now, me, with my background in theater, I'm able to keep that professional distance. Laura was a bit more uncomfortable, and so we just agreed, nope, we're just going to, regardless of where the characters want to go, we're just going to, you know, drop the curtain. Yeah, if, fade if to black. Go into that space. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Now, for the one, uh, the fic that you, I think it was you and Laura, wrote uh, Warrior Slayer Erp. Was that with Laura? Yes. Laura? Okay. Uh, yes. So much fun. Yes. Thank you. Love that one. And... Um, I'm going to take a leap here and say that you're also a Zenite, maybe? <laughs> is that, or is that Laura's uh, input? Um, actually, we're not. Oh, <laughs> disappointed. Uh, I mean, okay. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll speak more for myself than for Laura, but um, I'm pretty confident in saying that she's not a Zenite. She's definitely, she kind of came into the world of women loving women ships with, uh, with Willow and Tara, but uh, I did watch Xena. I, mm. I've, I have seen every single episode. So okay. I guess in that regard, you could say that I am definitely a devoted viewer. Um, but I, and I have read Xena fiction. I have written Xena fiction. Unfortunately, no longer available online because um, the <laughs> archive it was on got burned to the ground. <laughs> but uh, wow. not by me. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, I... I always adored the notion of Xena and Gabrielle together. And I just got really frustrated to the point where I was just like, even, you know, at the very last episode, I was like, Oh, come on. <laughs> I know. Come on. Yeah. You know, so, you know, it's, it's a guilty pleasure. It's like that really extra sweet piece of candy. You know, the, <laughs> you can handle one once in a while. Uh, but yeah, Otherwise, it's just like, no, I'm good. I'm good without it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, Willow and Tara really did, provide a lot more information for for the fanfic um where you could go with that because they were much more direct about it that's for sure um than they, well, than they were on text rather than yeah poorly constructed obviously should be main text subtext you know yeah. um it, it was i mean they got permission to go there where xena never did and mm. was basically you know the uh, producers of xena read the riot act to the showrunners was like nope <laughs> don't even mm. don't even put and them so, in the intro together yeah they <laughs> exactly definitely try to avoid that yeah so um you know uh, it was just kind of a sign of the times right it was just a sign of the times and, and what what uh showrunners and storytellers on television could get away with and sure. also culturally what they could get away with so you know it, it's that kind of frustration but when you're I mean, I've been out since I was 17 years old, so late nineties to age myself, you know, and, um, I mean, I was more or less comfortable in my identity, you know, so to see characters who should obviously <laughs> be recognized as canon, not, you know, even until the last breath of the show, it's just, it was just like, oi. Whereas with Willow and Tara, although major mistakes were made um, for the most part until we hit that wall, um, it was a very positive, well-rounded, well-told, you know, uh, relationship. They were really the most solid relationship on the show um, until all hell broke loose because Joss got an idea. (laughs) Yeah. But it's interesting. I mean, Xena, uh, Buffy wasn't that far behind Xena. So, you know, yeah. maybe you're right. Maybe the producers were just like, no, we're shutting this down. But Joss, for whatever reason, um, felt, and at the time it seemed very, very, it was a big risk for him to, to, to take Willow in that direction. I don't know if this is true. Um, my Buffy uh, lore and history is uh, 
is not as crisp as it once was. <laughs> but I do believe that Joss actually threatened to walk if the network wouldn't let him give Willow a girlfriend. I hope that's, uh, I hope that's I true. I can see yeah. that. I can see that. Let's go with yeah. that. Let's say it's true. Yeah. It's totally true. <laughs> uh, and he had the clout to be able to back that thread up, you know, like, so, um, again, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like that was a thing that happened. Um, you know, uh, Joss Whedon, one of the many complex characters of, mm. <laughs> of nineties television, but yeah. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see if it would have been a different outcome if he'd wanted to make Buffy gay. You know, like with Xena, that was the show. That was the name of the show. That was the lead character. Hmm. And so maybe they got more pushback where it's like, as much as Willow was a, obviously a huge character in the show, it wasn't Buffy. So hmm. maybe he he was able to get his way easier than it, say he'd want to decide, you know, make Buffy have a girlfriend. So, um, um, but you know, it's yeah, hard to, it's hard to say. Willow was still a huge part of the show, obviously, but yeah, it wasn't geez. the name of the show. Right, right. She should have got a spinoff, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I'd watch it. We'll just raise Tara from the dead. (laughs) It would all be fine. (laughs) Just pretend it never happened. Oh, man. Don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I want to ask you a little bit more about your podcast. Sure. Which I'm a big fan of. Um, you. You know, I it's one of my favorite parts of Monday is that I know there's a new episode waiting <laughs> and you did something brilliant. One of the many things I'm really, I'm really sucking up to here, Jen. Um, <laughs> She's literally nerding out. I, <laughs> I love the intro music. Uh, so when you, you know, when you, you press, press play and we hear the, uh, it's the Waverly cheerleading song basically. Right. <laughs> oh, yes. I right, mean, by story by all the audience. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like just, you know, I'm, I'm already in a good mood. I'm already ready to, to, to face Monday <laughs> just with that. you you take us back to that moment. Um, but you know, speaking of, so you have, you actually recently interviewed, um, Dominique on your show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a really great interview. Um, thank you. You guys, uh, you asked her some really great questions and she, you know, she's, she seems very open, uh, generally speaking, but I feel like you guys, you, you really kind of, you know, we got to know Dom, uh, a little bit better. Thanks to you guys. Um, thank you. And one of the, I think one of the most interesting parts was that, uh, you know, you guys introduced the idea of, well, you know, in the, the, the queer women, uh, community, there's the idea of, Oh, your appearance is how you present to the world. You know, in other words, Nicole is like a soft butch. And she asked you guys, well, you know, what would Waverly be? And you're like, oh, she's like a femme. Uh, and like, she did, like just took all that in, was just like so interested. Um, how much fun was the interview and how nervous were you before the interview? Um, interestingly, and you're probably going to hate me for saying this, I, I personally wasn't nervous about the interview. Um, <laughs> now, my co-hosts, they were, uh, but I, I wasn't. And and part of that is just, again, I, I'm grew up working in the entertainment industry and I just have worked with a lot of people who could be considered, you know, named individuals, you know? Um, and so as a result, the sort of mystification doesn't exist for me anymore, <laughs> uh, which is both a kind of a blessing and a curse, I think. Um, but, uh, for me, it was just, 
a very special interview. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I definitely enjoyed it. I mean, Dominique is, is magic. There's no doubt <laughs> about it. Dominique is magic. I know there are a few times that I got particularly <laughs> giddy just because, um, when you talk to someone who gets it and is so open, um, and is so ready to go on that ride with you, regardless of who they are, or where they're from. I mean, that's just awesome. That's just great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I definitely got excited a few times during the interview because I was like, yes, we're on the same page. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but nervous about talking to her. No, not really. Um, Seems like she'd make you feel pretty comfortable too. I mean, she's... She is. And it's also important from my point of view as well as the producer and also the host of the show to make my guests feel comfortable. You know, I want uh, everyone who comes on my show, I want them to feel supported and safe um, and like we're not about to throw them a curveball or trip them up or catch them out. Uh, we are all about celebrating art and, you know, and of course, fan fiction in particular. But the thing I tell to all my author guests, and I th- believe I said it to Dominique as well, is listen, we're here to celebrate you doesn't do us any favors to make you feel like um we've got you you know Mm -hmm. that's not the point the point is that we're here to celebrate you so let's have fun let's celebrate uh so so that's really how we approached it um and i really didn't want to put a time limit on the chat with dominique because she is very uh giving of her time and she's very um descriptive and she really does tend to go off onto long stories and i didn't want her to feel like she had to censor herself or cut herself or self-edit so i just said to my co-host i'm like listen if this goes for three hours it goes for three hours you know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and it ended up going for about an hour you know and uh before it kind of naturally started to reach its its conclusion, although Dominique was ready to go off on another tangent. Yeah. The end. <laughs> um, but uh, kind of taking that limit off, because uh, typically we limit our interviews to about 40 minutes. Hmm. So taking that you know time limit off and just being like, hey, let's just have a chat. Let's just talk about this stuff. Uh, I think worked to everybody's benefit. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great episode. So, and actually, generally speaking, like, you know, uh, if anyone's listening to this podcast now, do yourselves a favor, listen, finish, finish listening to it, uh, <laughs> and but then go check out the Herb Fiction Edition pod- podcast. You won't be sorry that you did. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I jump in? I, I apologize. Uh, but if it's okay, I just want to point, I just, I just realized that I could glossed over something that you had pointed out. Oh, sure. Um, and that is the, how we brought to Dominique's attention, you know, the, the clothing culture within yes. the uh, queer community and it's so important to us to do that it was really important to us we knew we were going to do that um not only Hmm. because we brought it up with kat in our interview with her but also because they don't know (laughs) they don't know it's not part of the world that they live in right but it's part of the world that they are um representing as -hmm. the characters they play and it's just giving them that much more information to be able to draw from and inform their their choices. Not to force them to draw from it, just to say, here is this information. Hmm. It's at your fingertips. If you need it or would like to use it, here it is. You know, and I know that Kat recently um, confessed to having, you know, multi-attraction, which is, I mean, wow, that was hugely brave. <laughs> yeah, that was the but day also, the internet uh, exploded. <laughs> and the day, yes. Uh, and... <laughs> and that's that's fantastic you know 
Um, and, and, but it's never, it should never have been necessary for her to do that. Right. Uh, you know, cause it, again, as to quote Dominique from our show, I hope it's okay to swear on your show as well. Please. Fuck labels. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Yes. You know, f- fuck labels. Um, it, it, it shouldn't matter. But if you're representing a culture, you do need to know about that culture and mm. some of the sort of weedier bits, uh, that don't necessarily make it to the top of the information pile that's readily available unless you're in it. Right. Mm-hmm. And most of the time when Dom and Kat are being interviewed, they're being interviewed by someone who is not in the queer community. Mm. So they might be asking questions relevant to that, but they don't actually have the cultural touchstone themselves because they're not part of the community. So both with Kat and with Dominique, it was really important to us to ask questions that were truly relevant to the queer community that don't get asked. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and it, it's great that they care enough. They really want to be so involved and make sure that, that they represent our community the right way. Exactly. It's clearly yes. very important to them. Mm-hmm. And yes. I mean, we are so, you know, I say we don't deserve them. They're yeah. just so, <laughs> so great and so kind and so open and so giving of themselves. Um, it's just, you know, as a, as a fan of the show, it's, I just feel like we're very fortunate to have them for who the people that they are. And I feel like we do deserve them, quite honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we have we have worked a very long time and been through a whole lot of stuff hmm. that we actually do deserve this level of representation and respect from those who are representing us and 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 dedication and love and community. You know. So I do think that we deserve this, but I also think that we must cherish this this gift that we finally yes. have been given. Hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Jen, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. Um, I hope I didn't railroad like your last few questions. No. Back. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you again for being on the show. And uh, please continue to be my personal curator on the uh, Earth Fiction Addiction podcast. And how can people, um, how can people support your podcast? Oh, a number of ways. Uh, of course, we have our Patreon at patreon.com slash EFA podcast. We've got multiple tiers that you can uh, support us at. And of course, depending on what tier you come in at, depends on uh, what sort of perks you get. Everything from uh, custom audiobooks to, uh, you know, uh, bloopers and, uh, ba- and things that were cut for time. Um, we will post exclusively to the Patreon. Uh, you can also visit our Redbubble store at uh, redbubble.com slash people slash shop slash EFA podcast or just go to efapodcast.com <laughs> and click the merchandise link. Uh, we've got a lot of really cool um, merch there that we only really get pennies on the dollar for when sold. <laughs> but it's something. Um, and it, it does help. We do actually uh, you know, have quite a lot of expenses on the show. Um, music uh, licensing is a big expense for us. Mm. Uh, so you know, every, every little bit helps. Uh, but if, if you're not in a position to support us financially, that's totally okay. We will take love in all its forms, including following us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Twitter is EFA underscore podcast and Facebook and Instagram are just EFA podcast. Just give us a follow there. And of course, because we are on iTunes um, as well as Spotify, but on iTunes, you can leave reviews. Please leave us a positive review. Yeah. You got to write those reviews too, man. You got <laughs> <laughs> to type them out. You can't just give the stars. You got to say, no, it's, this is awesome. And yeah, click send. read more fan fiction. Because That's of it. Right. Yeah. Thanks again, Jen. Well, thank you so much. 
Well, it was so much fun talking to Jen. What yeah. a tr- what a treat that was. Yes. It's amazing. What just I don't understand how she's speed reading. Ugh. Right. It's so much content to go through. My Honestly. God. It's like a, a lot of stories job. going on in your head. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's impressive. true. I wonder if he, it's hard keeping all the stories straight. You know, so like, to speak. Well, right. <laughs> all right. But don't keep them straight. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, like all the different, you know, slight interpretations oh, of different sure. characters and scenarios, mm-hmm. and you're like in chapter eight of this book, this fanfic, and you say, yeah. "Oh wait, did this other thing that I'm thinking of happen in this one, or like a different fanfic that I just read?" Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's and be there's multiple, like you know, there's at least I can think of at least three, uh, like old west, you know, uh, fanfic stories currently happening. It's Old West, really? Yeah. Oh, for, oh yeah. Good. Uh, the hot on the horse type thing. Uh, oh, yes. So good. But like, I can't imagine having to keep all those timelines straight. It's so true. That must be, honestly, I'm, I'm in awe of what Jen is able to do hmm. on a weekly basis. It's incredible. Yes. I like that. I like that they do the, um, that the actors themselves give little prompts, like at, at conventions or whatnot. And, uh, like random words or whatever, like yeah. they throw out their locations or whatever they feel like saying. And then people come up with their own interpretations mm-hmm. and very quickly too. Yeah. Like they usually by the next day, there's, there's something up on the archive yeah. archive of our own. It's, a, it's, it's such a fun uh, community to be part of. I envy people who can do that. Just write stuff. Yeah. And write it well. I'm mm-hmm. jealous. Very you definitely jealous. get sucked in and then you're like, when's the next chapter? Oh my God, did they <laughs> abandon this story? The and next some chapter going to come out? Yes, I know. And some people do finish. Uh, Thank finish you your that. stories. <laughs> Just give us closure. Closure. <laughs> so I think that went pretty well. Our first fan fiction yeah, for yeah, play. Yeah. Jen's awesome. Yeah. All Thank right. you. Jen. Yes. Thanks, Jen. Thank you. Well, listen, guys. Before we wrap it up, Mm-hmm. I have a surprise. Okay. Okay. Um, very scary. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> something we've been talking about for a long time has finally happened. Oh. Okay. We got an email. <gasps> what? An email. What? And it's not spam. What? It's not from any of our relatives. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <gasps> we've made it. Is it, wait, is it criticizing? Or? <laughs> no, it's all good. Okay. okay. All it's right. all positive. All right. Okay. All and right. so, if you'll remember, it's actually from someone who we know. Oh. Oh. But that's okay. Ooh. No, I'm good. I'm just, great. now I'm curious. To be fair, we probably But they're not know. a relative. They're not. Oh, okay. That's it's not cool. my mom. Um, <laughs> so, if you'll remember, when we went to um, the Winona Earp meetup after the <gasps> Comic-Con panel, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We kidnapped someone. We did. We did. And brought her with us. Uh, uh, her name's Tara as well. That's no right. relation. <laughs> no relation. She says, hi, ladies. Oh, I've hey. Been, I've been feeling so bad hearing about your empty inbox. <laughs> oh, we love pity. Thank a you. Pity email. <laughs> it is a pity email. So I had to send you something. Okay. Uh, I'm going to read all these really nice things that she's going to say about us. Oh. It has been such a blast catching up on all the episodes, and I'm actually sad that I've managed to do so because now I have to wait for new content. <gasps> well, oh. here it is your content. I know. Look at this. <laughs> I've enjoyed so many laugh out loud moments, and it has really been a gift in helping me reconnect with my true nerdy nature. While I've been listening, I've wanted to comment on all the things. Here are just a few, and maybe I'll go back and think of some more. Uh, so she brings up uh, Game of Thrones, which I feel like we could y- use her this as like a inspiration for a future episode. So we're going right. to put a pin in this. Okay. <laughs> um, and then she talks about another life. Definitely watch the whole season. It may have 
had a bumpy start, but like Kat said, the episodes definitely get more interesting. Will do. I like that they've been exploring what well, with with artificial intelligence, and I think oh. they set things up pretty well for another season. Tara, as much as I love Dark Crystal, <laughs> even had a dog named Fizzgig, I won't blame you on the puppet thing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but seriously, run. Do not walk to watch Bound if you haven't mm. yet, and definitely watch Terminator, Terminator 2 before Dark Fate comes out. So we are actually going to talk okay. about mm-hmm. Bound in an upcoming episode. Look forward, uh, looking forward to more episodes. T2. I think that's adorable. She's T2. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> P.S. I really love dot, 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 Indiana Jones. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Tara. Wow, Tara. That was Another awesome. code word. <laughs> you, you killed it. That was a great email. What a, what a pleasure. You set the bar high for emails. You set it high. To, to, I, I saw the little notification come up today. One new email. I was so excited. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep listening, and uh, we will definitely take a, talk about the Game of Thrones things you mentioned coming up. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. That was a great email. I Yay. feel validated. I do. We exist. Oh we goodness. have been seen. We are <laughs> t-shirt winner right there. Yeah, we have two, three. Because I know Sarah's out there listening too. That's right, Three fans three listeners amazing amazing guys can only thank you guys we are doing really well <laughs> when the listeners so match the host you know amount you're there going places now one to one ratio yeah we're i mean you know when we get four i mean forget it <laughs> There's no thank you us. so much for listening um, so if you are out there and you haven't reached out to us tara how can they find us well, they can find us on the gram <laughs> at She Nerds Out Podcast. <laughs> the gram. <laughs> and also the Facebook um, at also She Nerds Out Podcast. That's easy. Yeah. Uh, and you can also send us an email like Tara did uh, to She Nerds Out at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, you can also uh, subscribe to this podcast. So you just yes. have to open up your, your, your app and we're just there. You don't have to even think about it. Um, you can, we'd love it if you rated us, gave us a good review, a good review <laughs> with, with, with the words. We love the stars, or but the words are very yes. good. You got to Constructive criticism. Yeah. Let us know. And the words could just be, Hey, nice podcast or wow. I like it. Like just, you know, it doesn't have to be Y'all not well. funny. You guys don't completely suck. Right. Cool. That sounds Thank good. You. I've heard worse. I'll yeah. Take <laughs> I'll take it. All right. Well. That about wraps it up. This is a good episode, Wait, guys. What are we wearing? What are we oh wearing? Oh my god! Real oh my god! Quick, oh my god. Oh. Well, I'm wearing the Dallas Cowboys Demarcus Ware jersey because we watched the Cowboys. But underneath, I have oh, Wonder Woman. Ooh, nice. nice. It's like your secret identity. It's yeah. My secret identity. <laughs> Demarcus Ware disguising Wonder Woman. Nice. Right. Tara, what are you wearing? I got my psych t- uh, sweatshirt on. Nice. Uh, sporting Santa Barbara. Okay. Most filmed in Canada. Love yeah. It. Got my pineapple. Any psych fans out there? If there's any psych fans, uh-huh. also hit us up. We love the psych. Like, yes. Okay. The movie's coming out. So excited. What is this? I don't know what this is. Do you recognize this character? Is No. Wait. Uh, no. Here's Ooh, a hint. It's Ooh, a Lali. Disney movie. Ooh, is it Lali. Moana? Golly. It's a, so it's a rooster. What does it say? Read what it says. Oodalali, oodalali, golly, what a day. It's, he's, he's holding a guitar. He's like a little minstrel. <laughs> The movie came out in the late 70s. I have no idea. Really? Robin Hood. Oh. I remember it. Have you seen it? With the fox who was Robin Hood? The fox. Made Marion. Oh, uh, yeah. It was a bear, right? The uh, sheriff of Nottingham. 
Yeah, but uh, somebody uh, was a li- bear. Little little John's a bear. <laughs> I, was a bear. I don't remember that part, but I remember. So this guy's Whoa. sort of like the the narrative storyteller guy. Uh, I had to rewatch hmm. that. We're gonna we're, we'll put that on our list. But also, I want to do like a you know our 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 Disney movie list. Oh, our favorite yeah. Disney movie. So mm-hmm. this is kind of like a tease to that. Okay. Oh, I'll make a anyway, list. Yeah, no, we should. I, I'd like you to watch Robin Hood. It's really good. It's my favorite Disney movie. Really, I would yeah. like oh, to rewatch that. I would. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Cool. There you go. Well, on that note, she nerds out. out.